you are listening to the Father May Show, the place where we discuss all that really matters. We will cover all you need to know about lifestyle, health, spirituality, and plus so much more. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You are listening to episode 43 with Ashley Michelle from Starseed Shadows. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to my podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the shadow work. We are going to be talking about the magic behind the shadow work, the benefits, and how to work with our shadows. I hope you're ready. Let's dive in. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to my podcast. Super excited to have you here today. What are you grateful for? Hello, hello. I am grateful for my past self. I am grateful for who I was last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Without all those versions of me, I wouldn't be here with you today, right? Do you know what? I love it. I have just done a recently a podcast about authenticity and I teach a lot about being authentic self and, you know, like kind of step into your own power. So I'm so great that, grateful that you have shared that because we are going to be talking about the shadow work. Shadow work is something what is coming up to the surface at the moment. Everybody talks about it, even though the psychologists and psychiatrists have been using this method mm-hmm. over Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us all about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I love that you pointed out that psychologists and psychiatrists have been using it since forever. So I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about Carl Jung. And for anybody listening who don't know who Carl Jung is, he's a psychiatrist and a psychologist. He did most of his work in the 1900s from Switzerland. And he was a huge influence, in my opinion, on a lot of the shadow work that we talk about in the spiritual community today. Carl Jung was known to work with tarot and to work with astrology with his patients to really dig deep into their psyche and bring out their shadow aspects. And I suppose maybe look for reasons for why they were doing what they did. Carl Jung coined the term individuation and individuation is the process of bringing the subconscious to the conscious and that process by Carl Jung's opinion he said that a person cannot live in a full life without going through this process of individuation and today in the spiritual community I believe that individuation and shadow work are are synonymous they They work together in a way for us to look at ourselves and maybe even analyze ourselves on a deeper level than maybe we wouldn't have if we were just kind of going through the motions. Mm. It's like kind of reminding us of our own story, isn't it? It's something what we have lived through and we wanted to have it. And I'm just explaining this Mm -hmm. for listeners because so many people, when when they when you say shadow work, they think oh black magic, don't they? But it's actually about tapping into into your own self. And Mm -hmm. I have heard this guide recently and I just want to say it. It's about owning your story Mm -hmm. and not story owning you. And when you own that story, that is when you are able to claim the power 100% within you. Right, right. 
So, you know, when we're born, we're given these narratives and then we take on these narratives to be true, whether they're false narratives or true narratives or whatnot, and they end up taking a life all their own. And with that being said, I love to use examples when I'm talking about shadow work. Let's say, for example, this person, this woman, for example, is in a relationship with a man and she's in her early 20s, give or take. Age doesn't really matter, but she finds herself getting jealous of every single woman that passes by, but she doesn't say anything about it, right? She pretends it's not a thing. That is her shadow coming out and she's not acknowledging that jealousy or why it's even there. Is the jealousy rooted from insecurity? Is the jealousy rooted because she was cheated on before is the jealousy rooted because her mother was jealous generational trauma that's a whole nother subject but that's involved in shadow work as well so when we're talking about shadow work a lot of what you said it's those subconscious behaviors or those behaviors that we don't want to acknowledge that we want to pretend that aren't there um it's bringing those to light and it's really giving them space to breathe and acknowledging okay what's actually happening here you mm-hmm. know and you know, and doing shadow work in general, whether you're doing it from a witchy perspective or whether you're doing it from a practical perspective, if you will, doing this work, you become a better leader, you become a better mother, a better father, a better, you become more secure in yourself and the choices that you make. The benefits of working with your shadow self are just astronomical. A lot of people I've noticed are afraid to go there or they feel like, Shadow work means that we're going somewhere deep, that we're going somewhere aggressively triggering, and they don't want to go there necessarily. That is an aspect of shadow work for sure. But shadow work can also be, I'm just really jealous of that girl's ass. That can be shadow work too. You know, it's it varies and the range is huge. And I think that's probably the biggest misconception on shadow work, that we're always going somewhere really, really dark. And sometimes you're not ready for that. And that's understandable, you know. Mm -hmm. So how would you say um, we can do the shadow work or how is shadow work done on a spiritual level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, one of my favorite ways to work with the shadow with my clients is through tarot, Uh, the hard card specifically in tarot. So if, if you know tarot or you're used to tarot, you get your cards read literally journaling. Let's say, for example, we look at the nine of swords. It's our anxiety card in the tarot. It's one of the harder cards to work with that or the three of swords. You want to pull that card out and immediately just kind of journal about what's coming up around that card, right? There are also specific spreads that I do when working with the shadow to work with core wounds and what's happening in there and spirits agenda for healing and all of that. In astrology, I look at Lilith. So there are four Lilith points in an astrological birth chart. We have asteroid Lilith, dark moon Lilith, black moon Lilith, and true black moon Lilith. All of these points give reference, like a reference point to shadows within a person's birth chart. I've been working with Lilith for years now, and it's very, very interesting to see the stuff that I pick up on, on the birth chart. And then when I talk to the client, the querent, how they overlap. Um, Now, as far as practical ways, everyday ways to work with your shadow, there is this one practice that I really like to implement. It's called the three, two, one, right? So you pick somebody that you may be having an emotionally charged relationship with. For example, let's say your mother, right? 
my mother doesn't listen to me. My mother treats me like a child. My mother doesn't give me a choice, whatnot, right? Instead of that, so you're saying this about your mother in third person, then you switch it to second person. You are not listening to me. You are not giving me a choice. Then you change that to first person. I am not listening. I am not giving myself a choice. Now, when I say that, right, one of the biggest things to understand about your shadow is more often than not, you will recognize your shadow in the things that you dislike about somebody else. You know, that saying, when you don't get along with somebody, it's because you mirror them. And there's a reason why that's a saying. There's a reason why. So you really want to look to those harder relationships or those behaviors of other people that you find hard to work with or understand to really understand those shadows of yourself, especially the subconscious ones, the ones that you don't want to own. So those are just a, a few ways of working with shadows. Um, I also do a lot of crystal work with shadow work, obsidian, uh, smoky quartz. All of those are really good crystals for shadow work, malachite. So, Would you say that somebody can do the shadow work on their own or do they always have to look for somebody to help them to identify their shadows because I suppose people people don't want to admit it uh -huh. don't they they do need kind of a reminder if they want to go deeper uh -huh. yeah I do think that anybody could do shadow work on their own one of the simplest and easiest ways somebody could work with their shadow is by observing their thoughts you know how many thoughts like run through our minds a day and especially those negative feedback loops and those limiting beliefs and taking a moment. For example, when somebody says, I'm so stupid, I can't stand that. Thought plus word plus action equals creation. So when you're saying words like I'm so stupid, where did you even get that from? Why are you saying you're so stupid? Let's stop for a second and break that down. Where does that come from? When did you start saying it and why is that okay? So thought observation is a very simple an easy way that you can begin to work with your shadow. And when you take a moment from your busy day, right? We're always go, 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 move, 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 move. When we stop and really think about what's going on up here in our head and our crown, we can start unpacking what's actually going on in our head and our crown and how these thoughts are impacting our everyday lives, our relationships, our behavioral patterns, our limiting beliefs, all of that. And then after that work, it kind of snowballs, right? You find yourself wanting more. You find yourself wanting to understand more and unpack more and go a bit deeper into the shadow, if you will. Yeah. It's like kind of removing programming, which we got given yes. by society mm -hmm. and, and parents and et cetera, mm -hmm. isn't it? And that mm -hmm. kind of can move us forward so we can become mm -hmm. truly the people who we're supposed to mm -hmm. be here it's quite you know um it's, it's quite strange because obviously the shadow work and all those things like manifesting you know we're saying oh we need to um make the soil clean I always say that if you want to manifest you have to remove um the things what you no longer need to kind of like shift the energy and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and it's always I don't want to sound negative but we always give negative feedback to our parents. We give negative uh -huh. feedback to our society. I don't uh -huh. know if you have noticed that, but it's uh -huh. just like always something has to be fixed within you if you want uh -huh. to move forward. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Are you getting that as well? There is just like so much of this coming right now. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. Like as a collective, we're talking about it, how we have to be fixed, even mm -hmm. though that we are perfect. Uh -huh. in, Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know what I mean? 
I know exactly what you mean. And I love that you brought that up. So there's a concept in this whole shadow work talk called the golden shadow. And I feel like that's kind of where you're going. So the golden shadow is about you know, that person or whatnot, you really, really admire a characteristic that they have, right? Like, I don't know, that person is so organized, they're so prompt, they're always on time. But there's an aspect of you that's exactly like that, but you don't want to acknowledge it. So the golden shadow is almost like the opposite of this like darker side of the shadow where we admire these things in people. She's so beautiful, you know, or he plays rugby so well, for example, just an example, but you don't want to see that in yourself. So the golden shadow is about acknowledging those things that you see in others and looking for those things that you see in yourself. That's the thing sometimes, you know, we don't want to take compliments or we don't want to own, we don't want to own that. So when you're looking for your golden shadow, it's really about being introspective and saying, okay, I like that about that person. Now, where is it in, in me? I may have to look deep, but I'm going to keep looking until I find an example of how I'm that way too. You know? Yeah. Love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. When is the best time? When is the best time to do the shadow work? Ooh, I suppose that depends on who you ask. I think it depends on whether or not you're doing shadow work the witchy way, or if you're doing shadow work the practical way, or if you're doing a mixture of both. So, you know, as far as working with the moon goes, right, our new moons, we want to call things in, we want to build things, we want to grow things, right? So if you are trying to grow more awareness of self, which is an aspect of shadow work, you're going to want to work with the new moon. If you're trying to be more emotionally, emotionally stable, for example, more emotionally mature, you want to get rid of your emotional immaturity, you may want to work with the full moon. Let's say you're about to get married, and you really want to work on some negative aspects on yourself that you consider negative before you enter into this union. That's like all the time. I guess my point is shadow work is never over. And that's another misconception about shadow work. You have one session and it's done. We're always evolving. We're always growing, right? We're always learning. You're never going to get to the end of who you are and your place in this world. So with that being said, shadow work is a great way to kind of keep up with who you are as you move through each day, each week, each month. And kind of transform right so it's a beautiful it's a beautiful reminder that what you just said also I just want to go back a little bit for mm-hmm. the listeners who are listening and they don't know about how to work with the moon so obviously mm. we work with the energy of the moon mm. so when we're talking about um, implementing the shadow work and combining it with the energies could you um, talk about some kind of ritual you would recommend oh my goodness what yeah. you would do yeah so I am a firm believer in writing petitions to the universe, to your higher self, to whatever deities you may work with, if you choose to work with deities. Uh, For example, if I'm working with the new moon and I'm trying to call something in, I'm going to write down on a piece of paper exactly what I'm trying to call in. So this is really easy for new moon and for full moon. Anybody can do it and you don't need much, right? Writing your petition out, like whatever it is, it can be a page, it can be 10 pages. What do you desire? What do you want? What do you deserve? And then you fold that piece of paper up and then you can put it right in your planter because you're trying to grow it. So if you have a house plant, if you have outside plants, just put it right there in the soil because you're trying to make it bigger. You want to make it more. Full moon, you're doing the opposite. What are you trying to get rid of? What is no longer serving you? What is? What have you outgrown? 
what parts of your life, yourself, relationships, whatever it might be, would it be outgrown? And then you may want to flush that. It's gone or burn it. If you're in a place or situation where you can burn safely, obviously. Uh, super easy rituals you can do for the moon. Um, oftentimes, anybody that's listening, when you're working with the moon cycles, you want to work with the themes around that zodiac sign. So not to get super deep into that, but you know, you and I are talking on the eve of the new moon in Scorpio. So Scorpio is all about death and regeneration and rebirth. So there's a lot of energy about what's frustrating you and what's not working um, when we're working with the new moon in Scorpio versus the new moon in Capricorn which may all be about growing a business and financial abundance and money security and foundation, if that makes sense. So I think it's very good to kind of look into the archetype of the zodiac mm-hmm. sign. Yeah. And then, because that energy is carried throughout the month. Mm-hmm. So for example, like you, you touch up on those and we got the Geminis, we got um, the communication businesses mm-hmm. and networking and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's, that's really good to mention. I'm fascinated about energy. So I've always been, working mm-hmm. with the energy so I love it I just want to learn more and more and more you never stop learning don't you it's true I love it so can you touch up on Lilith because you have mentioned that before yeah. for those who don't know who she is and where did she mm-hmm. come from can you just give her like a brief yeah. intro of Lilith yeah. <laughs> okay yes we could yes let's do this all right so Lilith is said to be the first wife of Adam So for people who don't know, there's two creation stories in the Bible and there's lost books, but I I digress. So anyways, when we are talking about the Lilith story, it works in conjunction with Astrae Lilith, Dark Moon Lilith, and Black Moon Lilith. So as the story goes, when Lilith and Adam were in the Garden of Eden, Adam went to go lie on top of Lilith and Lilith was like, why can't I lie on top of you? And Adam was like, that's not how this rodeo goes. I lie on top of you. And Lilith was like, no, I'm not about it. She gets up, she utters God's ineffable name and storms out of the Garden of Eden. That first part of the story is represents asteroid Lilith, the initiator, the first wound. What happened to you, right? When you look at asteroid Lilith in your birth chart, it is an indicator of some of the early instances in life that have molded who you are now, if that makes sense. Um, Now, when you get to Dark Moon Lilith, this is where Lilith goes to the Red Sea or a cave, depending on which rendition you read, it may change. Either way, she leaves the Garden of Eden, she goes into isolation. She goes to lick her wounds, she goes to think about exactly what happened, why it happened, what's going on. In Dark Moon Lilith, that position in your birth chart, those are your defense mechanisms. That is, so you go from the initiator, the, the molding of why you are the way you are, and then you move into how you deal with it, how you interact with other people, with these, with these pain points, if you will. And then when you get into Black Moon Lilith, right? Black Moon Lilith is when she kind of stands up for herself. So like at this point in time, the three angels come and find Lilith. This is when they threaten her, like God said, come back, or God's going to make you look this sort of way. It's in this point of the story where Lilith starts to get her bad name. In, In the literature, Lilith is known as a baby killer. She's known as this really intense pagan symbol she's known as working with the devil she's she's just cast off right as this really dark energy but in reality 
as the story goes, she was cast off as this dark energy because she chose to not go back to the Garden of Eden. And later we get Eve. So when Lilith chooses not to go back, she sits in her power. She's like, no, this is who I am. I'm not going back there. I want no parts of it. And that is in Black Moon Lilith, the release. It's like, okay, now how do I transmute all this energy? All this chaotic energy, all these weird pain points, all these defense mechanisms, all these ways in within, like within which I interact, how do I transmute it into something bigger, better, brighter? How do I become a better version of myself? And you see, it, see that in the Black Moon. Now, in most astrological literature and most things you'll see on Instagram and things like that, nine times out of 10, it'll be on the Black Moon. Uh, very rarely in the work that I've done, I haven't seen too much on all three. When I was working on my workshop, I had to dig real, real deep. I, I read a lot of stuff with Demetra George and, and other astrologers in the community um, and uh, pulled my information from there. But it's super, super fascinating. And then there is a little bit of work on, so Lilith in general, Black Moon I'll talk about, has about a nine-month cycle, which is interesting because that's also our gestation, gestation period, right? And so when you're looking at true Black Moon and when you're looking at average Black Moon, they can be as far apart as 30 degrees difference, which could mean that your true and your average could be in totally different signs. On most astrological search engines, you're getting average. Only on astro.com will it give you your actual black moon Lilith point. And for me, that's important data to know. I wanna be as accurate as possible, right? If I'm looking at your average and it's in Capricorn and then your true is in Aquarius, well, we're going to have to work with that Capricorn energy and Aquarius energy function very differently. But I work with both energies to help you figure out your release point and how to transmute energy that may have been bothering you or working against you for all the years before you and I sat down, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Lilith, Lilith in a nutshell. So when you, when you identify these energies, how do you remove it? What do you do for clients? It depends on where it is. So again, we're working with archetypes of the Zodiac. So a client who has Lilith in Aquarius versus a client who has Lilith in Aries, they're going to get two different prescriptions of what's going on. And then also we're looking, they all work together. So we're also looking at asteroid Lilith. If your asteroid Lilith is in Pisces, you might be super, super empathic. You may have been affected by other people's shit, affected by other people's shit from the time you were born and taking on other people's emotions and you have no clue how to get rid of it, but you have this black moon Lilith and Aries that's like, I don't want that. I'm not about that. So literally all three of these points kind of work together in tandem with each other to create a certain prescription for somebody who's seeing me for Lilith work specifically. So it really is dependent to be quite honest. But as far as my modalities, I, I do Reiki work, I do crystal work, energy clearing, all of that jazz. I do Akashic record reading. So it kind of just depends on what the person needs and what exactly we're talking about, right? So fascinating. Thank yeah. you so much. Love yeah. it. Where can listeners find you and get in contact with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Starseed Shadows, TikTok Starseed Shadows, everything Starseed Shadows. <laughs>